Our New Testament reading is from Romans, Paul's letter to the church at Rome, chapter 1 and verse 1 through to verse 7. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who, as to his human nature, was a descendant of David, and through through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good evening. It's a bit high up here, isn't it? Well, it's good I haven't got vertigo. I bring greetings from Ellsworth Baptist Church, just up the road outside Red Hill. It's great to be with you this evening. I don't know about you, but um, when I first heard the title Homish and Champion, which is apparently what I am, um, what came to mind was something like this. Now, I assure you, I do not have a spandex costume on underneath here. And unfortunately, I don't have any superpowers. But as Home Mission Champion, part of my role is to visit the churches in our network, to come and talk about Home Mission, raising awareness of what Home Mission is, and how you can support it. Put simply, Home Mission is the Baptist family purse. Our current General Secretary, Jonathan Edwards, has said this. When we want to do things together, then we need to find the money from Home Mission. I want you to be really excited about Home Mission because it enables us to do an immense range of things together. And all of those activities, inspired by the fact that we are united in wanting to encourage missionary disciples. That is to say, we want to be obedient to the words of Jesus who called us to follow him and to encourage others to do the same. Now, I know as a church you will already support home mission. And some of you may support it individually as well. But I wanted to try and show this evening perhaps just a little bit of why home mission is important. As I was thinking about what I would share with you, one word kept coming back to me, and that word was stories. Stories are a big part of our lives. I have two young children, and you'll see I'm already starting to tell you part of my story, Uh, but stories are a big part of their lives. Now, if you're a parent, 
you will recognise a very familiar scene. You put in your child to bed and it's a mighty struggle. First off, there's the issue of the pyjamas. I don't want that pair, I want the purple ones. Well, the purple ones are in the wash. How about these nice red ones? I hate the red ones. So finally you get the purple pyjamas on. After the pyjama situation is all worked out, you then have to move to the brushing of the teeth. But I don't need to brush my teeth. I brushed them yesterday. Well, we need to brush our teeth every day. But I hate brushing my teeth. So then you get the clenched jaws, the biting of the toothbrush, the toothpaste going everywhere. But eventually the teeth are more or less brushed. Pyjamas are on, it's time to go to sleep. But Daddy, you said you'd read me a story. Look at, look at the watch, it's getting late. Okay, this one, it's a, it's a short story. We'll, we'll get away with that one tonight. No, Daddy, I want to read this story. This one, but we've read that one a thousand times. You've got that one memorised. And if I make even the slightest mistake while reading it, you'll tell me. If I accidentally skip a page, you'll make me go back and read it. You already know it, but you want me to read it again. What is it about children and reading their favourite stories at night? Whether it is the traditional bedtime story or Peppa Pig, story is a really important thing in helping children to understand the world around them. It gives them a frame of reference. Fairy stories are often morality tales. It introduces to them the concepts of right and wrong. Actually, Peppa Pig has helped us out on more than one occasion. One instance I can think of is this one, uh, going to the dentist. The first time we took Hannah to the dentist, this episode had been on the day before, and it was fantastic. So, well, you know how Pepper went to the dentist? Well, that's what we're doing. Oh, that's okay, then, and off we went. It gives them a frame of reference for the world that they live in. Stories continue to play a big part in our lives, even as adults. We all love a story, whether it's Doctor Who or Downton Abbey. We all love a good story. An integral ingredient for a story is imagination. I want to show you a short video now about imagination. Home Mission is all about stories. I'm supposed to talk about how important funding from local churches is to Home Mission. And you saw in that video it is vitally important. Just as it's important that there are individuals who save pennies to give to Home Mission, it's important that the churches support Home Mission. But to me, the finance is actually just the mechanism by which these stories can happen. All of the churches on the screen there that you can see highlighted are supported by Home Mission in the South East Baptist Association. There's 16 of them at the moment. I want to briefly highlight the stories of just two of them. 
The first one is Pilbara Brooks Baptist Church. This is a new church that was planted in October 2011. The church has grown slowly but steadily since it began. And it now has a regular congregation of between 30 and 40 people. Pilbara Brooks meets for Sunday worship in the local village hall. They don't have their own premises. The church recognises that the area that they're in presents them with a huge opportunity for mission. They seek to reach out into what is a rapidly growing community that is around them. They have a number of events happening midweek, including an after-schools club. Uh, They have a friendship group on a Thursday, as well as several home groups that meet. They've run the Alpha course, but perhaps one of the most amazing things that has happened for Pilbara Brooks is the way that the church has seen an increased awareness of their presence in the local community. Uh, people in the village keep approaching them to come and help in community initiatives that are going on. Home Mission has enabled this new church to have a full-time minister, which means that they can focus on the development and growth of the church. Without Home Mission support, that won't be possible. Not a church this time, but a, a project called Fleet Alive, and this is based in North Fleet North. Fleet Alive is a a small group of Christians that work in a deprived area just outside of Gravesend. And uh, if you're familiar with the Kent Thameside project, they're they're an offshoot from that. The area used to be an industrial area, but it fell into decline where most of the heavy industries located by the Thames closed. And since then, the village has become poorer, not only financially, but spiritually and relationally. The community feels it's been forgotten. As a result, the area has issues with teenage pregnancies, drugs, antisocial behaviour and other crime. There are many immigrants, legal and illegal, in the area. It's very much a transient community, with many people not staying long or really caring about the area. Fleet Alive is a small group, but they bring God's love to these people in a variety of different ways. They run kids' clubs. They support the local lunch club and provide after-lunch speakers. They're going to be starting very soon a worshipping community in the area. So, in essence, they're planting a church there. And all of those things help to bring a sense of unity to that area, a sense that they have not been forgotten. And again, without home mission, that is just not going to be possible. They would not be able to do any of that vital work. So home mission is not just about helping a small church afford a minister. It's about transforming communities. It's about transforming lives. It's about bringing light into the darkness. It's not about building churches. It's about building the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but when I hear other people's stories about how God is blessing them and equipping them to engage in their communities, I get quite excited. 
But if the stories, it is the stories that tell us what is going on. The stories are vital. If nobody told the stories, no one would know anything about it. And story is a vital concept in the Christian life. We're going to take a look at that very briefly from Romans chapter 1, which we read earlier. So what do we know about Romans? Well, clearly it's a letter. It was written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians in Rome, who were mainly Jewish Christians. It was written around about AD 57. So what was the main reason for Paul's letter? Well, since the 16th century, the prevailing view has been that Romans is actually all about doctrine. And we always trip over this guy's name, but Philip Melanchthon, I think. He was a, a contemporary, a companion of Martin Luther. And he described Romans as a compendium of Christian doctrine. And it's long since been considered a, a definitive piece on Faith Against Works, and the primary text for those looking to preach doctrine of individual predestination to heaven or hell. And uh, I'm going to leave that one for Tim to pick up at some future point. (laughs) uh, What is the best way of reading Romans? If we look at the text, there is without doubt a great deal of doctrine, but The entire letter is not just doctrine. If we pull out which parts are doctrine, it falls into three groups. If we say that Romans is all about doctrine, then surely we can discard the rest, the passages that aren't mentioned there. Surely the rest of Romans is, is just filler, it's just pointless, because it's not about doctrine. Well, clearly that's not the case. So, what of the rest of Romans? I think we need to take a fresh look at Romans sometimes. Romans is actually all about stories. And through these stories, Paul brings to light the doctrinal truths. But story is essential. Let's look at those first seven verses. Paul's writing a letter, and at the time, the accepted way to begin a letter is to name the sender and then the recipient. So the reverse of perhaps what we do now, we write, dear so-and-so, yours sincerely. So in, in essence, Paul would be writing something like, from Paul to the church in Rome, greetings. But let's just take a look at what he actually does. You see, Paul can't identify himself without identifying with Christ. In these words, he's telling his own story. Paul was once a powerful man who went about persecuting Christians. He had the authority of life and death over other people. But here, he identifies himself as a servant, a slave to the master, of those that he once was persecuting. And he tells us that he was called. And we know the story well. He was called on the road to Damascus by Christ himself to be an apostle. And this in itself is interesting because the apostles were the twelve that Jesus 
gave the Great Commission to. But Paul claims the title Apostle for himself because he was given a commission by the risen Christ. Then he says that he's set apart. Paul used to be a Pharisee. And look in Philippians 3, 5. And the word Pharisee means set apart. Paul was once set apart to administer the Jewish law. Now he's set apart for the gospel of God. He then goes on to make references to the story of Israel. The gospel promised through the prophets. The gospel of the son of the line of David. And then he goes on to talk about Jesus' story. We have a reference to the baptism of Christ in water and in spirit. The resurrection of Christ from the dead. Bringing grace to the Jews. And through Jewish apostles, grace to the Gentiles. And let's not forget that all of this is just his opening greeting. He hasn't even told us who he's writing to yet. He's so consumed by the things of God, he can't introduce himself without telling his story. The story of Israel, the story of Jesus, and make an appeal to the Gentiles. Paul's identity is rooted in Christ. Everything Paul is, is of Christ. And that leads to an important question. What's your story? Where do you find your identity? Is your identity in your family? Fred, son of Bill, and I don't know any of your names here, so if I say your name, I'm not picking on you. Is your identity... In your ability, Joe the carpenter, or in your education, Jessica who went to Cambridge, or in your taste, Jill who likes Cliff. Well, somebody has to like him, I suppose, but is your identity in Christ? Is it Tim? Is it Jonathan? Brothers and sisters with the risen Lord, children of God the Father. Romans 8.15 says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. I'm going to read that again, but this time from the message, because I think it gives an interesting flavour of what is actually trying to be said. God's spirit touches our spirit and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. We only truly know who we are when we find our identity in Christ. When we locate our story in his story. So Paul starts his letter to the Roman Jewish Christians with a bang. 
He's straight in at the deep end. No messing around. His message is too important. God's story, bound up with Paul's story, is what he wants to make known. And Paul's urgency is unmissable. So what if God's story bound up with your story? Your story is unique. Just as the stories of Paul Brooke and Fleet Alive are unique, so is yours. Whatever your background, whatever your journey, your story is God's story. And it's special. Are you as eager as Paul to share your story? Are you as eager to identify yourself with the risen Christ? If your story is inextricably entwined with his story, then you can be confident. You can be assured of who you are because you are in Christ. And you can share your story. I'll be around after the service if you want to come and chat to me about home mission, if you want to find something out or just want to know a little bit more of my story. But uh, I'll be pleased to meet and chat with you afterwards. Thank you for listening.